It really bothers me that it is so loud and I'm thinking about how much it has impacted me in my life already and how difficult it is to actually get to proper sleep, right? And then what happens? That triggers a release of stress hormones. Hello and welcome back to the Outring Tinnitus podcast, my tinnitus friends and family. It is fantastic uh, to be sitting here to record another episode of the podcast. Uh, it's sunny in spring here in Berlin and we are having a good time. Yesterday we had a fantastic tinnitus masterclass in our community for members inside and outside the community. And if you want to be part of one of those, uh, just uh, uh, check out the links in the show note below and sign up for the one of those. Um, other than that, today we have part two of tinnitus and insomnia. So we're talking a little bit deeper about how tinnitus affects our sleep and how our sleep affects tinnitus. <laughs> Because I think those two things are inherently intertwined and connected and understanding those two better will help you to get to better sleep or sleep more soundly, get quicker to sleep. And I just wanted to say thank you for everyone who's supporting the podcast. If you can, please uh, rate us and recommend us on your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe to the podcast. It really helps me and it helps other people to find this Tinnitus podcast. Yeah. And uh, then let's get into to the normal intro, the ads, and then start with the episode number two on tinnitus and sleep. Enjoy and happy sleeping. Hello and welcome to the Outering Tinnitus podcast. This is Frida and I'm your host. This podcast is all about the tinnitus science and what you can do to live a better life despite the ringing. This episode is brought to you by Linear, an evidence-based treatment for tinnitus, which has been shown to improve tinnitus symptoms in large-scale clinical trials and real-world patients. Linear retrains the brain by playing soothing sounds and providing mild electrical stimulation to your tongue. It's now available throughout Europe and its latest clinical trial results were recently published in a Nature Scientific journal. To find out more about Linear, where it's available, and read about the research behind it, visit www.linear.com forward slash outring. That's L-E-N-I-R-E dot com forward slash outring. Yeah, hello and welcome back to the Outring Tinnitus podcast. This is Frida and I'm your host. And in today's podcast episode and in this video, I want to quickly give a second one on tinnitus and sleep in managing tinnitus and insomnia related distress properly and getting a little bit more into the insights of how sleep deprivation can, for example, also impact on your tinnitus, but how could you could go about solving the problem, getting better with your tinnitus related sleep disturbances and getting towards sound sleep, even despite tinnitus. My name is Frieder, I am 33 years old from Berlin in Germany and I am the founder of the MyTinnitus.club community. Under www.mytinnitus.club you can find tons of resources, weekly check-ins that help you on your path to habituation where tinnitus no longer bothers you. So I'd be super happy to see you check us out for a two weeks free trial. Uh, go to www.mytinnitus.club to claim your free 14 days trial. But let's get into the today's episode. The topic is number two on tinnitus and sleep. A little bit we talked about in the first episode of how 
tinnitus can impact on sleep and why tools of cognitive behavioral therapy and acceptance and commitment therapy can help and support you in getting towards better sleep despite your tinnitus. And today I wanna to take a little bit uh, off a step back and go further into why and how tinnitus disturbs our sleep, how that actually in turn often impacts on sleep quality and also how rested we feel throughout the day. And then also how behavioral mechanism point towards our sleepiness that we evaluate, that we look for throughout the day and then confirm to us that surely we have this problem here which in the end leads to the fact that you may or may not already when you go brushing your teeth in the evening, go into a state of heightened alert and into a state where it's not that conducive towards actually getting to sleep. But today I want to also cover a little bit what kind of uh, approaches could you use in order to get to better sleep, not only from a um, behavioral side, but also using maybe some supplements that can help you to facilitate to calm you down and to maybe create some routines that will be more conducive for you getting to better sleep. First of all, though, I want to get into how does tinnitus actually affect sleep again, because I think it's super valuable to first understand the mechanisms. Um, sleep is something that happens very natural. There's absolutely nothing we need to do about it, because when you sleep, so ask someone who absolutely sleeps soundly and you ask them, how do you sleep every night? And the person will answer to you, well, I put my head on the pillow um, and I sleep. And in the morning I get up. Maybe sometimes I need to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, but then when I come back from the bathroom, I lay down again and I turn around and I go back to sleep. When you ask someone with tinnitus, they will probably answer a little bit different. They will say, well, throughout the day, it's not that bad, but when I lie in bed awake at night, I can feel that it's really disturbing me and it's sort of getting all my attention and it really bothers me that it is so loud and I'm thinking about how much it has impacted me in my life already and how difficult it is to actually get to proper sleep, right? And then what happens? That triggers a release of stress hormones. These stress hormones will make it very difficult to get the sleepiness feeling that we had before. Because remember, this is the protection mechanism that we actually are not getting to sleep when we perceive there to be a grave danger, right? That is your brain trying to protect you from dying. Yeah? Because when we perceive that there is any kind of danger, then it's very natural that you won't be getting to sleep at all, right? So remember that. So what we need to do is we need to create an environment in which our body and mind can go into a state of restfulness and then drift off to sleep. But whatever triggers us, keeps us alert, keeps us rebelling against this. Maybe it's the anxiety about not being able to find sleep at all that's even keeping you more awake, right? Someone who experiences normal sleep on a day-to-day -day basis, they're not anxious about their sleep. So for them, it's easy to just go to bed, put their head on the pillow and say, well, this is what I do every night. But for someone who's severely struggling with sleep and then they're maybe throughout the day, always looking for how tired they feel now and always find a confirmation of how difficult their life with sleep or rather without sleep has become. Then of course, everything points to the fact that they have a big difficulty and big trouble sleeping. So what do they do? They go into, into a state of fight. 
Uh, they're trying to fight themselves into sleeping, which is something that unfortunately isn't really happening. We need this environment in which our body can experience, okay, there's everything's okay. I'm in a restful state and I'm going to use the night for exactly what it's made for, restful sleep and just chilling out. So I think it's very, very important to really get into this a little bit more and that I did get into this a little bit more because it's so important that you understand your reaction towards your tinnitus and how that impacts on your ability to really going to sleep and to stay asleep and to wake up in the morning feeling refreshed and ready for your day. And another part that I want to emphasize on is that even without tinnitus, people sometimes have not so great nights of sleep. In fact, Insomnia is probably nearly as common as tinnitus. So about 20% of the population experience insomnia at some points of their life and about 5% roughly of the average population um, experiences chronic insomnia, meaning that they chronically deal with problems of sleeping properly. Um, I think one final thing that I also want to say and cover in this part of part two of tinnitus and sleep and managing insomnia successfully is that I want to say that, of course, the more we are sleep deprived, the less well we can handle emotional situations, the less well we are able to cope, for example, with everything that tinnitus induces in us, with the fact that tinnitus is something that inherently also stimulates the signal and the areas in the brain where we react very emotional about, right? So the fear and panic based center that gets triggered, the amygdala, managing the release of the cortisol and adrenaline and the stress hormones, putting you into fight or flight. And the more we are unable to emotionally cope well with things, the more we will also focus on the thing that has a negative threat to us anyways, which is tinnitus, right? Because we've come to relate to tinnitus in a way that it is dangerous. It is not letting us enjoy the quality of life that we want to enjoy. Therefore, it has quite a high value in our life. How could it not, right? So it's very normal that we respond in this way. But this, of course, is what keeps the drive and the focus on the sound itself alive. Yeah, You know that. I am deaf on this ear and I have my hearing aid and a high-pitched tinnitus on this ear. Yeah, And I go to sleep at night and I sleep with an earplug. I don't sleep perfectly well every night because there's a lot going on in life and that's normal. But on average, I get the sleep that I need and I'm okay with it. So what I wanted to say is that, of course, also, unfortunately, then sleep deprivation can exacerbate the tinnitus symptoms because it can make you less well able to cope with the underlying difficulty of tinnitus. Yeah, because we are more emotionally reactive, we are less well able to cope when we are more sleep deprived. Therefore, tinnitus might even seem louder because we are more triggered because we're not in a, in, a, in a state of hormonal balance, but something is off. Yeah? And when something's off, then all these things that seem dangerous to us, they of course become more in focus. And that's the thing where tinnitus goes into a spiral and you keep focusing on it. And then at night, of course, you always think again, oh my gosh, I hope this night I'll be able to sleep better because if I'm not, everything will be terrible again tomorrow. So I think the next thing that I wanted to get into because um, many people have asked me this recently is what do you think of sleeping medication? And I certainly personally am 
not a massive fan of it. I've tried it myself. Um, I've been to uh, sleep clinics, um, not because of tinnitus related sleep disturbances, but busyness of life, things that happen in life, etc. So I have tried it myself. And I must say, to be honest, I'd rather sleep only four or five hours, four hours, maybe even less without medication than sleeping four or five hours on medication and then feeling very groggy with a medication. That's that's my personal experience. But I would severe, like very much suggest that you go talk to your um, that you go talk to your general practitioner and see whether there is some kind of medication or anything that can help you with sleeping. But another thing that I want to recommend is, for example, anything that can help you calm down a little. We have a very good evidence that suggests that, for example, valerian yeah, or um, a tea, a herbal sleep tea can help you calm down. It's not that this is supposed to be a remedy where you say, like, if this doesn't work, uh, I have to sleep now. No, but it's something that can help you calm your nervous system down, a, a tea with um, passion flower and, and other things. And that we know that we have studies that these are things that can support us, our, our, our central nervous system to go into a state where it's more conducive to rest and where we signal itself that things are more okay than not okay. So I think trying this out and trying to pursue which path is the right one for you, uh, talking that through with your GP, because of course, the more you take away the pain and the difficulty of not being able to sleep, the better you will be able to relate to your tinnitus and the better you will emotionally be able to, to cope with tinnitus. So for people who come to me in my coaching or in the community, if they're having sleep difficulties and tinnitus and sleep are very connected, right? Then I first want to say, okay, we gotta, we gotta work on several things. So we gotta definitely work also on your sleep. But exactly for that, we have a section designed in the community just for sleep. So I have a lot of experience in the acceptance and commitment approach and how that can help you to reframe your relationship with sleep, right? So you can reevaluate the way you experience sleep and what happens when you, for example, already get anxious while brushing your teeth because you're afraid of a bad night's sleep at night. That's of course something that you need to change. And the first thing is to be able to accept lying in bed and wake is absolutely normal and okay. Yeah, because if you're anxious about that, then every time you are awake, there will be a release of stress hormones and that will make it impossible for you to go back to sleep. So I would really suggest that you check out our community at www.mytenancies.club if you struggle with sleep, but also with your tenancies, because we have fantastic tools and strategies in order to help you with habituation and getting to the right kind of uh, mindset in order to make habituation happen for your tenancies and your life with tenancies. Um, I want to go a little bit more into the different kinds of um, uh, sleep hygiene tips or um, uh, things that you might get recommended, um, uh, especially as it relates to lying awake in bed and just resting instead of tossing and turning and wasting all this precious energy and then feeling very bad in the next morning. And there is one fantastic book that I can really recommend that helped me a lot. And it's called The Sleep Book by Dr. Guy Meadows. And that book is a fantastic book because it's helped me a lot. It's I'm in no way related to that. But me personally, I have benefited a lot from The Sleep Book by Dr. Guy Meadows. So I really can suggest that you check it out. It's very, very useful. And that book helps you to, for example, say, all these tips with pills and potions, uh, routines, yoga, meditation, any kind of routines, things that you do, all these things, 
You don't have to do anything because you're not different than other people who simply go to sleep and sleep. You are not different than them. It's a behavioral mechanism that triggers you that makes it difficult for you to fall and stay asleep. But once you have understood that and you have understood that there is an alternative as possible, for example, that when you say when you are in your sleep window, let's say 11 p.m. to 6 a.m., yeah, then you do one thing and you commit to one thing only. Even if you can't sleep, you, you commit to resting and staying in bed while experiencing everything that's happening there. Even if it's tinnitus, you let tinnitus be there, present with you, even if it's there ringing. Yeah? Look at me, I'm deaf, I put an earplug in and I just hear my tinnitus. For me, the most normal thing in the world, put my head on the pillow, go to sleep. Sometimes listen to a podcast before, sometimes even are awake for half an hour or something like that. Doesn't matter. Eventually, I know I will get back to sleep and I get the sleep that I need. So it's very, very important that you re-govern the relationship that you have with lying awake in bed at night. And this is one of the most important things that you can do because that will help you to save precious energy. And it will also tell you that it's not dangerous to lie in bed awake and that eventually you will drift to sleep. So try and see if this works for you. If slowly but steadily letting go of the thought that lying in bed awake is the most terrible thing that can happen because it will mean that you will have a terrible day tomorrow, you will be feeling terrible the whole day, etc. Right? Because often that conditioning that you then create, meaning that the whole day you look at how tired you are and you continuously confirm to yourself, oh, I've got this terrible problem, always with tinnitus and sleeping, it's terrible. Yeah, You reprove yourself that you have this difficulty, but in fact, you might just wanna let go of this and basically say, whatever happens at night, I'm committed to resting. And the more you rest at night and don't fight either with tinnitus or sleeplessness, the more you have energy throughout the day and that will help you to feel so much better. Even if you're only sleeping a couple of hours, you'll be feeling incredibly different. So I can really recommend that you try out these tools, see what works for you. Um, I hope that uh, this part of um, the tinnitus and insomnia has been relevant for you. I just wanna take a few seconds to summarize the key points that we had in this episode. I wanted to say that it's really vitally important that you come to understand the mechanism in which tinnitus keeps you from sleeping and how that uh, uh, governs into, goes into a learned response to tinnitus and sleeping. Notice, yeah, d make it an experiment. Notice how you relate to going to bed at night and how that may or may not already trigger you and set you up for lying there awake, being like, oh my gosh, and maybe even going into this tensing mode where it's of course very normal that you won't be able to sleep. The next thing is go to your GP, talk to your GP about potential medication that could be useful helping you individually in uh, getting to sleep. But more likely than not, it is that you want to try different resources. For example, the sleep book by Dr. Guy Meadows in order to find a better sleep or to join our community for a free trial at www.mytinnitus.club in order to find out more about what you can do for sleep and how you can get better at your process to habituation. Next week, we have another habituation accountability check-in in the community where we set goals for every individual member in the community that we follow up after two weeks and then we see the progress people make and then we see the progress people make on their individual path to habituation. And if you wanna be part of one of these meetings, then you know where to go. Uh, my tennis club and we'll be super, super happy to see you there. Um, 
I hope that this will be um, uh, very, very helpful for you. I hope that to, we see you in the community very soon. Uh, in the next episodes, I will have um, a few interviews again, as well as another deep dive on um, tinnitus and some uh, hearing loss uh, issues. So thank you very much for tuning in in today's podcast episode, and I'll see you in the next one. Goodbye. Thank you very much for listening to the Outring Tinnitus podcast. I am looking forward to also welcome you on my website at outringtinnitus.com or if you have any questions, please mail to frida at outringtinnitus.com. See you next time.